right, guys. It's Saturday again. We're here. We're having a good another quick fix. Um, so I have a topic for us this time, um, but I'm hoping we can do. You know what? What's cool about these quick fixes is I think we can use them to discuss kind of like things you know that we don't that we want to talk about that we don't always just get to you know do on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So well, the one thing I was thinking is I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. As I'm sure a lot of people have, and I listen to. Um, one of my favorites is The Big Picture, which is on the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, I know you listen to it, Lee, sometimes. Um, and they're, they are like us, you know, putting out two episodes or so a week. And they were, you know, don't have many new movies to see. So they they uh, they sort of made each other. They did a kind of a, they probably listened to us and stole our version of <laughs> Just Effing Watch It. They, they, you know, one host is a woman, one's a man. They made each of the other watch Aliens by James Cameron. And four weddings and a funeral, um, and one of the things I was thinking about is one of the reasons I really like those Ringer shows um, that I'm a little envious about, um, and actually a lot of podcasts, to be honest, is that they do a really good job of making me want to watch the movies, um, even even if you know, like they have that show, The Rewatchables. There's another podcast, a couple of podcasts that actually the Brantley has introduced me to um, that I really enjoy. They just make me want to rent the movies and. Um, I was feeling like with uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I, I wished I, I was like, I wish I had sold that better. I wish I had done what those podcasts do for me, for that film, for other people. Um, and a little mad at you, Lee, because I feel like you couched that the, the, the response to that film a little bit. You kept going on and on about how it was so hard to watch or what you thought it was going to be. And. I don't know. I wish we could be better about that. It's the only reason. Only thing. And I'm not blaming you. I think it's also my fault. I wish I could articulate <laughs> that. So when I you said you, I think I'm mad at that you, that movie pretty good. Actually. Okay. Well, ho- hopefully it is. I just I just hope that we can inspire people to watch movies that they haven't yeah. already seen. But anyway, so I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I hadn't seen actually, um, and it made me think about a lot of stuff. And I'm so, and I'm really happy that uh, I watched it because I thought it would be interesting for us to talk about. And then I went back and I listened to our um, podcast on. Um, Yesterday, Yesterday, which is also written by uh, Richard Curtis, who wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of backstory and our, our listeners a little bit of a backstory on this film. Like, it was a huge, huge, huge hit. It cost three million pounds to make. It made $245 million worldwide. It was nominated for Best Picture uh, the year Forrest Gump. Um, uh, the Shawshank Redemption and a bunch of other really um, important, great movies were nominated for Best Picture. Um, it kicked off Hugh Grant's career, and you know it launched Richard Curtis's uh, career. And I, and I guess it the, the, it got me thinking about something in particular, which was um, Richard Curtis came out and said this was a very personal film for him. The, the Hugh Grant character is very much a just an a, a, a analog for himself, albeit a better looking one. Um, and, um, well, first of all, have, have you guys seen this movie? I know you haven't, Lee. At least you hadn't when we did yesterday. I feel no, like I haven't. if I have, it's been years. Well, or, or Jeremy, I thought a lot about you actually while watching it because it, it does have this really interesting and uh, structure in the sense that it really is four weddings and a funeral. Um, not necessarily in that order, but m- almost the entire movie takes place over those events. Um and kind of what transpires. There's one scene that doesn't, but um. Anyways, so what what I what I was sort of thinking about with this movie is that it 
if you if you guys were to watch it, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad you haven't. It's essentially, and and since this was the first time I'd seen it, it's essentially like everything you. It's like I feel like Richard Curtis has been making this movie his whole life, right? But it's as if he took the sort of the blueprint for Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I think is actually quite a good movie and quite relatable. And every version of it, much like your Xerox analogy, Jeremy, that we talked about, which I forget what movie that you that came up with, but it was a great one. Instead of a Xerox, he Xeroxes he Xeroxes Four Weddings and a Funeral, and then he like sprinkles glitter all over it you know to some to, you know what i mean and it just from from that moment on from every movie since then has gotten bigger and louder and i guess arguably more approachable but here's the thing this is an incredibly personal movie it's both dramatic and a comedy it's got all the tropes that you remember from a richard curtis movie which are like the funny you know the sort of hugh grant type character played by hugh grant the sort of the like w- the sort of quirky um the quirky friends the hopeless romantics um but and and it was a huge hit but then since then he's sort of been corrupted i feel like by the film industry because he just keeps making this movie that worked in a time when personal films like slacker uh singles uh Clerks movies like that were really popular, but now I feel like we've lost that. We've lost the idea of making a personal film that are essentially autobiographical. And now you've got, you know, movies like yesterday, which is essentially the same story more or less, but just not good. Hollywood glossed over sort of. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious what the definition of personal film is. In terms of something like that, because we all know it's one of those things. It's like porn. You know it when you see it, but it's hard to define. Why? Why is porn? I think porn is defined as two people having sex while someone. No, that was a that was a a judicial uh, ruling on what porn was. It was. He's like, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Because you could have two people having sex in a a mainstream movie, and it's not porn. We've we've digressed, guys. Anyhow. <laughs> what I'm getting this is where at. Where Chapin wanted us to go. Jeremy, can you turn your mic down just a tiny bit? Sure. Okay. Um, um Yeah, so the point is like what like what actually makes a film a personal well, film? That's a great because question. Because you can have a film that you just you the author uh, the writer, the director, the person putting it together says, oh, it's a personal film, but it comes out and he feels sensationalized. It feels ho- <laughs> like it's it's been, you know, Hollywood upped, um, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, but when we see these, like, sort of personal films like that or, you know, for us, like A Swingers or uh, An Almost Famous, which is a movie we're going to be talking about soon. Great um, Singles, same director. Uh, you you know it when you see it. Yeah. So there's some sort of rawness to a personal film that's not there in these, in these polished versions of it, the Xerox versions of it and it's it's interesting because it's it's a quality that is impossible to try to capture on purpose well well i i don't go ahead lee i'm sorry i i think too it's not just about a movie being personal for the director or the writer i mean that's a very risky 
undertaking and very few movies have pulled it off successfully without the attribute of it being personal to the audience as well there has to be a a piece of it that even if it is in fact a personal story autobiographical in some way for the writer or director there has to be something for the audience to connect to and that's where movies like swingers or high fidelity or something like that makes sense but what happens with these movies these richard curtis movies is okay four weddings four weddings and a funeral may be very personal for richard curtis Maybe personal for Mike Newell, maybe personal for Hugh Grant, may and may have struck a chord in some way for Chapin watching it. May have found he may have found something relatable. So now when he watches all of like the basically the Xerox of this movie over and over again, either subconsciously or consciously, the audience member says to themselves, "I've seen this story. I do relate to it, but I've seen it. I've seen it done better. I've you know I saw the original, for lack of a better term, and I think." You know, it's that copy of a copy of a copy. It just becomes a little bit less interesting because hmm. you've related to that story before. It'd be like if we saw a version... Of, uh, uh, well, this isn't a perfect example, but they've made the TV show High Fidelity. Have either of you guys even bothered watching that? No, I no, heard, I'm afraid I heard, to. I heard it's great, though. I heard it's really yeah, good. Yeah, but you know, what, but you know, you know what it's going to be. You know that you're not going to respond to it the same way you responded to High Fidelity, even though it's Maybe. probably exploring very similar themes. I agree. I agree with Lee because I did... High Fidelity holds a certain place in my heart for its um, originality and, you know, the way that that movie uh, sort of embodies what we're talking about. And I'm afraid to watch this new version because it's obviously going to, it has to relate to that, but then it has to add its own thing. So automatically, eh, I mean, a great example that actually kind of works, it, weirdly, is the American Office. Yeah, it's a different thing. It's like evolved. But I, I feel like, yeah, in, but I don't have any, I don't have any personal connection to the American Office. No, but like, you have a personal connection to the British Office, and right. somehow you're able. I mean, I don't, I want to speak for you, but for me, like somehow, I was able to get over the hump of wanting the British office and finding the American office for what it is itself. I, I think to go back to your question, uh, question, Jeremy, to me, I think that there was a time period and, and we posted um, on our Instagram site, a couple of books that um, were good reads about film. And two of those were Peter Biskin books, um, easy writers, raging bulls, and then down and dirty pictures and down and dirty pictures is about, you know, the early nineties and, and the, the film, festival kind of kids the film school kids um and at that time i think it was really popular and i think four weddings and a funeral was among them to you know make movies that were very personal very autobiographical and i think um i mean i think you could even argue like a movie like pulp fiction is like that like it's it's as it's like pulp fiction is probably as personal a film as as tarantino was could ever make i mean so much of his you know, mind and who he is, is made up of movies and it's that sort of pastiche of different things. Um, but you know, you've got movies, like I said, like, like I think a perfect example is Kevin Smith's clerks. Now we don't, Kevin Smith is not a filmmaker. We talk about a lot and he's been kind of a letdown in terms of where he's gone since that film came out. But, um, you know, he worked in a convenience store and he said how I want to make a movie and what's the best way to make a movie. It's to, you know, write what you know, 
and then write a movie with the resources you have. And, and that was a very personal film because he filmed it in the place that he worked. And so it was essentially like, um, and I think we were all sort of, and we, you know, we all, I feel like went to film school on that kind of wave of things. And it was over probably before we even realized it. And before we even were even in film school, but, um, it just makes me think like if a movie like four weddings and a funeral, which if you go back and watch, you know, it isn't quite as like it is. It doesn't have that gloss that that those other Richard Curtis films have. It does feel more like one of those early 90s movies. And it was super successful. And I wish I guess I wish nowadays we were we'd have more movies like that. I wish we I wish that was more in vogue. And I don't know why it's not because, the you know, that movie was quite successful. I have a theory and I'm wondering if this is, you know, do you think it's just harder as time goes on and on to come up with something original and to tell think, a personal story in an original way? Like, think about Clerks. Like, if 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 we were to see a movie now that was going to come out about, uh, you know, a group of guys at a convenience store t- essentially just talking all dialogue yeah. for an hour and a half, we would kind of say, okay, seen it before. This is, you know... Uh, derivative of Tarantino and early Kevin Smith and whatever, you know. So I think that's tricky. And, you know, you think about a movie like Adaptation. When we saw that movie, how our minds were blown nearly 20 years ago and how original that idea was and how original the structure was. Because Charlie Kaufman had a personal story to tell and realized he had to do it in a really, really unique way. And, you know, he is fortunately a genius and can come up with a genius way to do that. And I think there are fewer and fewer ways to do it. I mean, there are really smart, creative writers and directors and people out there that will continue to do it. But I feel like it's going to be less and less frequent. Is I that, also think, is that I, true? I, I, I mean, agree. I agree. I agree. And I also think the technology is making it in a way more mm-hmm. difficult because we're expecting we're, when we go to the theater and we go to see something, we're expecting a sort of gloss, a sort of production quality that maybe if you can't, if you have that original, if you have that clerk's idea and you go out and you shoot it, that we're eh, going to be like, okay, well, um, this just doesn't really hold its weight to everything else I can watch right now. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. I mean, I didn't find that with. I didn't find that was four weddings and a funeral. Um, I, you know, it, it, I think it was, I mean, your, your guys's weddings are perfect examples. Like of it's, it was a time. It, it just, I think for me, it kind of highlighted a time in, in everybody's life when I guess not everybody, but I mean, these are a bunch of really rich people who have these big fancy weddings, but um, you know, like there's a time when a certain group of people who are, of our background, you know, go to a lot, a lot of weddings and English. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, weirdly, weirdly, I think the movie we're going to review next, uh, never rarely, sometimes always actually, and we can talk about it when we get to it, but I think it plays in, it's it, it sort of, it reminded me a lot of that sort of style hmm. of that, uh, originality and basic look. So, um, so they're still being made, I guess. It's still possible. Uh, I think they're harder to find a, a big audience like that movie did. Um, 
you know, maybe you need movie stars and, you know, Hugh Grant may have not been one at the time, but he certainly is now. Sure. So, Well, had... and this loops back to Chapin's original point that, you know, with movies like Never Really, Sometimes Always, and just movies in general, part of our job with a podcast like this for the, you know, as Chapin has said before, for the tens of people that listen to it, is to make sure that we're, you know, emphasizing our recommendations appropriately, you know, because there's not a big draw for never rarely, sometimes always. There's not a big draw for first cow. There's a big, a little, maybe a bigger draw for portrait of a lady on fire. Cause it just was, did so well critically and got a little buzz surrounding it that way. And, but you know, if, if we're to find the original personal movies now i think it takes things like podcasts and personal recommendations because you can watch every single trailer for every single movie made you know i've been wanting to have a conversation about you know bad trailers for what turn out to be good movies and why yeah that's a know, good that's a good idea for a top five it is but i i the reason i want to you know broach that and maybe we don't have to get into it totally now because i don't have examples off the top of my head but just you know, a, it's okay for a trailer to be misleading. <laughs> sure. Get people to go see your fucking movie. Like, yeah. enough of these, like, boring trailers, like, boring, dull trailers. Well, it's interesting um, that you that you say that, Lee, because I I was feeling, I talked to Katie about this a little bit, I was feeling like, you know, I've been, I've been pretty busy during, you know, I guess, thankfully, during this uh, quarantine period, and I feel like I haven't expanded my horizons. I wish, I, you know, I hear all these people, I'm you know, on podcasts, like, having watched all these new movies and I was like, fuck, I like, I, this is a great hope. Like, I don't want to come out of this with like feeling as if I haven't expanded my horizons a little bit. So I signed up for criterion channel. And last night I watched a movie that I hadn't What'd seen. Watch? I watched, um, Rafifi directed by Jules Dassin. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen it. It was, it was, it was really good. Um, it's about a, it's about a, a heist and, um, isn't it supposed I, to be one of like the best heist movies? Yeah, it's really it's sort of like the definitive heist movie. Um, and honestly, like I mean, I really like the movie. I think Criterion Collection has a little bit um, has some ground to make up for on the quality that the, of the of the image they deliver. I remember their DVDs and Blu-rays were always really nice transfers, and I wouldn't say that this particular movie was came through that way, but. Um, uh, so I think that that's a nice way to do it, and the, the, I think the nice thing about the Criterion Channel is it's 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 curated in a way, so like you kind of know where to look for stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm trying to. But isn't that just definitely watch it? Like, are, yeah, isn't exactly. that what you're doing? Yes, yes, it is. But it, I've 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 been guilty of the same thing. Like I have all these, like I have this time during the day to watch movies or time you know more you know just a little bit less stressed at the, at night having not worked as as much all day and I like I'm still just like rewatching movies that like I know are easily digestible that I haven't seen in a long time I'm not challenging myself you know there's a uh, Jeremy you sent the post about how there's a bunch of Bong Joon-ho movies on Hulu and I'm like that's yeah. awesome I can't wait to watch them I've made no effort to do that yet like I just you know I started I started I started rewatching like, Downfall, but I didn't finish. Like, if it's once a week, 
you get one of those movies and I think that's fair. I, that's, I think yeah, that's sure because we have to watch what we have to watch. Like I watched uh, for our just effing watch it challenge with Sarah. I watched Taxi Driver again, um, which I realized I haven't watched in years mm. and I really enjoyed uh, revisiting that movie. And it's not a movie I would have revisited had we not done this. That's I a, probably yeah. w- I probably would just would have kept it on the back burner, being like, I know what happens in that movie, totally. I understand it. But it is really it, it's really cool and it's really interesting to to revisit these movies and to have them on the forefront of your mind rather than somewhere in the the back where you can remember certain scenes and yeah. moods and ideas and characters, but instead actually really dive into it a little more. And I, I mean I think it's a, it's a movie that I'd love to talk to you guys about at some point. Like, it really was engaging on that level. Like, you're like, oh, this is a movie that needs, you know, needs to be talked about afterwards. We went out to the, great. the beach um, here uh, over Christmas and with Katie's family, her boyfriend, and, or her, I'm her, I'm her Katie. boyfriend. Whoa, yeah. Katie's right. boyfriend. Now we're getting in, now we're going to get some ratings. Her parents and her brother <laughs> and his girlfriend. Her boyfriend. And I brought, uh, I brought a bunch of, her mom asked me to bring a bunch of movies. And I brought, of course, like a bunch of movies that nobody wanted to watch. Because <laughs> um, I had to bring them on, on Blu-ray. And I like, I brought like the God, oh, I really wanted to watch The Godfather uh, Part 2. And no one wanted to watch that. And, um. We eventually all decide. I mean, I brought like twenty movies, and we all decided to watch Taxi Driver. And interesting, we, I had a feeling that people were going to bow out and stop watching because you know we were watching. It was at some you know pe- beach house we were borrowing on this tiny little shitty TV, and everybody stuck through and watched the whole thing. And that movie is really good. And it was like it was a, one of those moments where I think just because we were forced to, because we were in you know like a remote location like you are right now, Jeremy, where we had all that's all we had to watch, and we all watched it. And I think. Um, it's a powerful and really entertaining movie, and I think everybody enjoyed it, and I'm glad we all did. Yeah, and to go back to your point about like our responsibility in this whole thing, and I agree with you, Chapin. Like sometimes I feel like we have to sort of articulate maybe better what our experiences with the movie are, because I, I, I'm like our our goal is not to tell people how to feel about a movie our goal is to sort of put into words sort of maybe what they were thinking when they saw the movie but didn't really think of it that way i think ultimately is what our responsibility is um yeah articulate some perspectives basically yeah exactly so you know uh i mean obviously we try try our best with that and i think a lot of times we do succeed um, but it is tough. It is tough to always get across the point of view that you're feeling because your feelings and putting those into words are, just, you know, not always the easiest thing. What have you guys been watching? Anything? Well, I watched Taxi Driver, like I said. Right. Um, I did a little bit of a little more Nolan, Insomnia, and Batman Begins. Checked off the list. <clears throat> Oh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm doing insomnia this week for sure. Because you're watching uh, in order, right, Jeremy? Yeah, I yes. am too. Um, which has been interesting to do, actually. Uh, what the hell else have I been watching? I watched. Um, man, I didn't want. I didn't get a chance to watch as much this week. I, um, I started watching The Crown. If I'm being honest. Oh, the series. 
Yeah, that's great. I watched. I, I, like I rewatched. Speaking of movies that like, speaking of not challenging myself and just watching movies I love, I rewatched Moneyball. Jeremy, you're yeah. fucking insane that you don't think that that movie is like a you know legitimate best of the decade contender, um, yeah. and especially of that year. Uh, it, it it's so good, it's so so good. I mean, um, I really like that movie. Oh, I watched mid nineties. How was that? The Jonah Hill movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's okay. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's it's a it's a certainly an above average movie. Um, it's got some, you know, it's got some good characters, some good performances. It just I just totally did not buy the message, um, that it was trying to portray. Uh, which, which is, was which was it was kind of like you know, you know, loyalty and. You know, regardless of what the the trouble you get into with your friends, it's all about just being loyal to your friends and that kind so, of idea. And it's just it, it, they tried to slam good, it home, and it just didn't work and didn't hurt, didn't kill the movie. But I just I feel didn't like that's buy it. a a good example of a movie that like we because we grew up in the '90s would have some sort of relationship to that aspect of it. Yeah, it doesn't really that work portray that the world that we grew up in, though. I mean, it's this, yeah. you know, inner city skater um, community that, you know, I just yeah, it, I, was the, I, I was the outer city. Skater. It was, yeah. I mean, it's a fine movie. Like I and I and I sort of understand the the um, the the credit it was getting, but I just find, kind of found it to fall a little flat on what it was really trying to say. Chapin, you watch Waves yet? No. Should I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I? All right. All um, right. God. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I got a, a couple on my on my my short list to you know to watch next. Um, is Atonement, which I've never seen. Oh, I love Atonement. Um, and actually, I I kind of want to like delve a little bit into Joe Wright a little more. Um, I mean, he mm-hmm. has a lot of really critically acclaimed movies, a lot of Best Picture nominees. Um, and I've, from what I have seen of him, I've, I would peg him as an above-average director. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm curious. I think but Atonement like, I, is the movie that made me appreciate him as a director, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Um, yeah, so so I got that on my list, um, plus you know the stuff we've been talking about. Um, well, I apparently uh, just got nominated again for the Just Effing watch it challenge so Wait, I that's guess not supposed got... to happen that's not that's not the that's not the point who nominated you sarah <laughs> oh well that's okay sarah can sarah sarah's exempt um but i guess i'm gonna watch i heart huckabees oh interesting interesting yeah your Which favorite i've never seen your well i know you have really great feelings about the director so well my feelings towards him and his movies are are, are two different things two separate things yeah Cool. Did she post? Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully, um, <laughs> Schindler's List. I mean, it is a brilliant film. Um, yeah, she she nominated a bunch of people. So, <laughs> you know how Chapin uh, always makes a joke about, you know, how every holiday season he likes to watch Schindler's List. Yeah. Not really a joke, but yeah. So on my on my TV, it had. When I uh, when I first turned it on, it has like the whole like you know recommendations thing that pops up, and it had like Easter Easter selections, like bet, bet favorite Easter selections, and Passion of the Christ was 
was listed underneath, I'm like, I guess. That doesn't feel like a movie I'd want to watch every Easter. No? Jesus fucking. No, no, no. That's funny. I mean, you, you're yeah, more reli- like religious than I am, but not, yeah, it's not a movie. Uh, I, you know what? I, 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 is that a good movie? I don't think it is. I wonder. That's a movie that I, I watched it recently. Watch at it least again. part of it. Um, and it was. I, I don't. I don't know that Just it's brutal. Good. It's. It's. Oh, that. Um. Sorry. That yeah. French film Les Misérables is on Prime. Go ahead, Lee. That that uh, Lottie's Lee. Yeah. French film Les Misérables that did really well critically last year. Yeah, we can watch on, that. Available on Prime. Fun. Definitely one we should check out. And there you have it. All the movies we may see. <laughs> yeah, that must have been fun for people. Hey, what's this? Oh, let me tune into this film podcast. I bet they have a lot of insight. I might watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Go fuck yourselves. All right. Well, Should we'll we see you guys in a couple days. Um, we're going to be doing sometimes, rarely, I don't even want to watch this movie. Sometimes, maybe. I hope Jaden yeah. loves it. I hope he fucking loves it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will. It's, it's gotten great reviews, and uh, yeah. And then I think, hopefully, next is Almost Famous. I think people are going to get really excited about that. <laughs> oh um, He's so excited about the podcast after the next one. Yeah, I'm excited about the one after. We'll get through the you know the abortion drama. Been there, done that. We did that last week. Now we're doing it again this week. Good thing. So then, um, okay. All right, guys. Stay, take care. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you in a couple days.